In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. You just want to watch him? You want to watch him return, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, the sound that you hear over this audio right now is uh, Tanner trying to get my my little Roomba, Scott Lamb, to... Re- oh, there he went. He went home. Here we are. Here we are. Back again. Guess who's back? Baby's S- back. Stacy McGill and us, the... Hi, hi. Hi, hi. And welcome... To the Babysitters Club 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 podcast, Tanner, you wanna you wanna let the Baby Nation know why we're so fucking dejected? Say your name first. My name's Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. Jack, what time is it right now? It's uh it's nine thirty. My wife's about to get home. Yeah. What time do we usually start recording? Right around seven thirty. What time do we start recording tonight? Right around eight. Yeah. We have been through most of an hour and a half. Yeah. Of discussion, yeah. Of book nineteen of the babysitters, book eighteen, book of eighteen the of the babysitters club. Stacy's mistake, and then what and then happened? What happened? My computer just crapped out and lost everything. An which hour and means a half. an hour and a half. Of which audio. means that if it wasn't already absurd enough, yeah, that Tanner and I are reading these babysitters club books every week and talking about them for the. Babysitter's Club Club podcast. Hello, by the way, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club Don't welcome podcast. Them. Don't welcome them. <laughs> what, is is their pre- fault. what is particularly absurd is that we just took our Tuesday night to have a conversation about Stacy's mistake, just for us. And I would say we were close to... We were close to starting to wrap up. Wrapping up. We were, we were getting there. We were winding our way. And then your computer crapped out, and now we're starting over at 9.30 p.m. on Why? a Tuesday evening. Because we are... Dedicated. We are dedicated to the baby boys, to the baby girls, to the baby bees, and to the baby people out there who rely on us week in and week out to summarize the Babysitter's Club novels by Anna M. Martin for them to analyze Jack, what was this? Martin's... Jack, what was this book about this week? Oh, you want to just dive into Go. it, don't you? <laughs> I can't. Go. I, I will not allow you to push me around because we have both suffered this claim. Jack, what was the book about this week? Go. Go. Do you want me to go? Put 60 seconds on the clock. Uh, six girls here's, visited New York City, and they got into semantics. Here's a, here's a true here's There a we go. Piece. Go ahead. Next thing. Tearful moments. Um, I didn't have any. <laughs> Did you? Here's a true piece of knowledge for you, my friend. You cannot make 45 minutes go faster just by speeding up how you talk. The time must pass on its own, which is something that I think we learned from this book. Stacy's mistake in many ways is today in many ways in many ways is today our mistake i still have time to make fun of the way you mispronounce things oh here's another interesting consequence of us losing the audio file usually you and i have one to two beers yeah before we start now recording the podcast now we've had four to five beers yeah and we're both feeling feeling pretty good pretty loose pretty loose (laughs) (laughs) uh stacy's mistake Read it's, your stupid synopsis. Stacy's mistake is in many ways our mistake. And now, Baby Nation, it is also your mistake. We're going to dive right into talking about 
what the fuck happened in this book. And I need you to come with me on this. I need you to come with me on this journey. I'm here. Through failure. I've already heard it. Disaster. You do this like like, hard bitten, like film noir detective. An eventual success. I don't think I can read it out again. You have to. They haven't heard it yet. Baby Nation hasn't heard it yet. I'm not going to say my synopsis. Say it. This week. Say it. Nope. It was good. Say it. New York City can wear you down. New York City can change you. New York City is a drug that will lift you higher than the stars and drop you lower than the ground. As soon as you live in New York, New York lives in you. And for some of us, the ones they call New Yorkers, the ones like Stacy McGill, that's all we ever want. For the rest... For the ones who reject New York City and the ones who New York City rejects, the world loses some of its color, becomes a wasteland, a desert where you wander. This is a book about the city, and it's a book about the desert. It's a book about dreams, and it's a book about nightmares, about the greatest success and the greatest mistake. Stacy's mistake, which today, Baby Nation... Is all of our mistakes. Is all of our mistakes. This is, here's how you know that you are a real podcast. When you make a fucking mistake, you lose all the audio and you got it. You just get back, get right back in the saddle. Get right back on the horse. You know, the horse bucks you. You know what you don't do? You don't don't, give up. You don't give up. You don't go home. Just climb right back on the horse. Would Don go home? Would Don fucking... Turn tail and go back to California right now? Absolutely. Yeah, she, she was terrified. In this she, book. Was, oh, she just could lock Jack shit in this book. Alexander Shepard, give Tanner. me 60 of the hottest seconds you've ever given me in your life. Tanner and Daniel Greenring. I'm going to need about four of those seconds. I am gonna, I'm going to hit you with 60 seconds on this. Don't need them. I need four. I need I six. I, I, need, cannot, I need one tenth of I my time. I begin to imagine what you're going to say. Yeah, no, you've heard it. <laughs> um, Here, let me start my stopwatch. Jack, and I want s- you to do this honestly. Yeah. I don't need 60 seconds for this book. Okay. I need six seconds. Okay. Give me Jack. Baby Nation. Alexander Shepard. Tanner Daniel Greenring. Give me six Today seconds. Today is different. Give Today me is different. Six Today, seconds. Today, our mistakes become successes. Yeah. Today, our failures teach us how to win. Yeah. Rudy, Today when we fall down, Rudy, we get Rudy, back up again. Rudy, Stacy's mistake does Rudy, not need to be all of our mistakes. Rudy, Rudy, this Rudy, is our time. Rudy. And we don't need 60 seconds. Six. We need six seconds. I'm putting six seconds on the clock, Baby Nation. Six seconds on the clock, and Tanner is going to describe everything that happens in this novel. Are you ready, sir? Yeah. Let's go now. Five girls visit New York City. Done in three. Done in three. That is a record. Baby Nation, Tanner just described this entire novel in three seconds. Yeah. Have you ever heard anything like that? Have you ever Have witnessed? You ever two, heard anything two like men, that? Two men who just fell down. Two, two men, men who, who are just, at the bottom right now, they're, they're scraping, the scraping bottom the bottom of the barrel. Of the barrel. We're looking. One of them just looked... Death in the eyes. Death came for both of us, and he said, "Sorry, boys, time's up." <laughs> I just, I just deleted an hour and fifteen Tanner. minutes of your podcast. What do you have to say about it? Tanner looked death back in the eye, lying in the gutter where he'd fallen down. Yep. And he said, "Time's up, death. All I need is three more seconds. All I need is three more seconds. 
Three more seconds. I, I need to show those three main, seconds. Making me sound so manly. Yeah. All I need is All three I more seconds, Dev. Three more seconds. Let's talk about Stacey's mistake. Five girls visit New, New York, York City. City. Ladies and gentlemen, five girls visit New York City. And we're going to dive right into the content today. Six words. Six words. You know what? I didn't need 60 seconds. I didn't no. need six seconds. I needed six words. You needed six words. Five girls visit New York City. One of them makes a mistake. Yes. <laughs> but. Listen, here's what we were talking about, Baby Nation, before the audio crapped out on us. And we're going to do you a fucking favor, <laughs> despite being a few beers in. We're going to do you a fucking favor and start from the beginning of that thought. Jazz. You call me Jazz now? Yeah, Jack oh, cool. Alexander Shepard, J-A-S, Jazz. Um, to to, to T-Dog. Jazz. T-Dog, that's cool. Tanner Daniel Greenring, T-Dog. Yeah. It's Jazz and T-Dog. Jazz, let me yes. ask you a question. All right, ask me a question. There are five girls in this book, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Five babysitters. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them goes through a journey in this book. Dark Night of the Soul. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, but for one. That is accurate. One of them makes a mistake. Yeah. Let's discuss the pitfalls and triumphs of these five girls. Yeah. Mostly the pitfalls. Mary Ann Spear. Describe to me Mm -hmm. the characteristics of one Mary Ann Spear. Before this book. Before this book. Shy. Retiring. Unassuming. Mm -hmm. Bookish. Introverted. Introverted. Asocial. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. Tanner, now you describe to me the characteristics of one Marianne Spear during this book. Obnoxious. Pedantic. Know-it-all. In your face. Won't shut up. Won't shut up. Just irritating. Grinding. Nonstop. So self-obsessed. Baby Nation, Marianne shows up in this book. She shows up in New York City, and she won't stop talking. She gets off the train. She will not stop talking. She's this walking guidebook. Anytime anyone is even in her vicinity, she opens her mouth, and she's just this stream of like, did you know the Empire State Building is like exactly this tall? And did you know that Empire State Building is actually only the third tallest building in New York? And Right, right. And she'll even – so like they have a party, and Stacy invites her New York friends to socialize with her Connecticut friends. Big mistake. And these New York friends will say what building they live in, and Marianne will somehow – know everything there is to know about that building. Lane lives in the Dakota, and she's like, oh, it's the Dakota. Uh, did you know that th- that was exactly the building where Rosemary's Baby was filmed? Let's not get into that yet. I okay. I've got things to say about that. Okay. So, Marianne, total personality shift. Dawn. Ask me. Uh, Tanner. Tanner. Tan, Tan, Dan. Don't. Green ring. Don't. Let's not. No nicknames. Just Tanner. Taniel. Tanner. Taniel's not good either. <laughs> just, just Tanner. T-Dog. <laughs> yeah. T-Dog. Talk to me. How would you describe Dawn in general? Give me mm, give me three adjectives to describe Dawn. Laid back. Mm-hmm. Easygoing. Mm-hmm. Flaxen, beautiful hair down to her I would say waist. totally secure. Yep. 
easygoing, laid back, totally secure. Yep. That's Baby Nation. If you've read recently or if you remember from your youth when you read these books, that's how Dawn is. Yeah. That's what she's like. Just the most easygoing, California lifestyle, hippy-dippy, just whatever. Go with the flow. Yeah. Oh, do these doors even have locks? No, I guess I didn't care. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I never noticed because I don't care. Oh, cool. Is this quinoa? Great. Yeah, is this... Quinoa. Can I have some extra quinoa with Can I have this? Can I have some extra... Uh, as Jack says it, quinoa. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'd say it. Dawn shows up in New York. She's lost her fucking mind. She's freaking out. She's like, oh, there are rats. There are rats everywhere. There are alligators in the sewer. She gets into an elevator. She's, like, terrified of getting into an elevator. And Can I read you a quote? Yeah, please. The letters continue in this book. At the intro to every new chapter, there's a letter written to the Babysitter's Club notebook. Mm-hmm. Dawn writes one to Mama Schaefer. Mama Schaefer. It goes on and on. It's boring. But at the end, what she says is, P.S. They have to have doormen here to keep the murders away. Yeah. Dawn is a mess of neuroses in this book. It's a huge, huge subversion of her character. Yeah. All she's concerned about is her own health. She's afraid of elevators. She's afraid of murderers. She's afraid of... Bag ladies. She's, she's afraid, afraid of, of alligators. Alligators. Yeah. She's afraid of rats. Yeah. What isn't she afraid of? In she this won't book? stop talking about it. It's insane. It's not the Dawn that we've come to know and love. Dawn is my favorite by far babysitter. Um, don't get Scott Lamb started. Turn that damn Roomba off, Baby Nation. Tanner often uh, during our recording sessions, as you can doubtless hear in the background, likes <laughs> likes to. Like, just press him to stop. Press him to stop and don't, and just get him away from you. Oh, now he's going away from the Just cat. press him to stop. Now the cat's interested in the Roomba. This is the biggest disaster. Oh, no. just, just, just press him to That's okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm winded. I'm winded from trying to get your fucking Roomba back to his goddamn dog. Baby Nation, I don't know if we're going to keep this in the edit, but we just had, Tanner just had what I can only describe as an epic battle with my Roomba (laughs) that was insane to watch. For some reason, you and I, whenever, we record at your place most often. Yeah. And for some reason, we always pick our sides of the table, and you pick your side, and I pick my side, and my chair hovers precariously over your fucking Roomba dock. Oh, my God. And That was crazy. Three times but an episode, I, I kick your Roomba, and, and when just, you kick a Roomba, it, gets started. it goes, yep, time <laughs> to go, and it just starts wheeling and dealing. That was so intense. But, like, this was, like, for some reason, you couldn't just, like, press the button on it. It I was, like, you were waiting. times. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're, we're dying. We're dying on the vine no. here, man. Listen. Listen to me. We're going to continue. Because Don, who seems so cool, becomes so uncool. That's two babysitters who have lost their fucking mind as soon as they got to New York. A third babysitter. Christy, apart from wearing turtlenecks and being a little bit of a bossy boots, yeah. or let's, let's be fucking honest, Baby Nation, we can be honest with each other, a big bit of a bossy boots. Uh-huh. Whoa. Easy on <laughs> Sorry. Salty language. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so salty there. PG-13. Yeah. What is a characteristic of Christy that you would say is key to her personality? Absolutely 
not interested in boys in any way. Completely uninterested in boys. They're boring, they're gross, they're weird. She's not interested. What's the thing that fucking happens in this book? Falls in love with a boy named Kobe. Head over heels. And not just falls in love. Stacy fucking hosts this party, which like goes to shit pretty fast. I need you to pay attention to me. I'm petting your cat with a um, yep. plastic knife that came with our dinner. Yep. He's really into it. <laughs> he super likes it. He loves it. He doesn't know. He wants to attack the knife, but he's also enjoying being petted with a knife so much. We'll, we'll take no a more pic- distractions, we'll take man. A We're behind. We're not. Let oh, me remind. So let me remind you, my friend, that you are the cause of the distraction. And let me finish this point, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Christy meets this fucking boy, Kobe, at the party, and latches onto him, and is like giggling and tossing her hair. Yep. And flirting away like nobody's business. Dancing with she him gets all this night. fucking number. No one. None of the Connecticut people. Yeah. Can make any kind of contact with any of the New York people and vice versa. It's crazy. Except for these beacons in the darkness. Yeah. Christy and Kobe. Yeah. Who hit it off instantly, spend all night hanging out, dancing, yeah. flirting. Yeah. The night goes the by hair in a whirlwind. And like all of the, this is essentially an epistolary novel. I, okay. As you, I'm sure, picked up on. Yep, and all of the letters that the girls write home are like, "We're having the worst fucking time." Stacy's a monster. Like New York is a disaster, and except so, for except for Christy, who writes this letter home, where she's like, "Mom, I met this guy Kobe. He's so awesome. We're having so much fun. Like this is incredible." Totally counter to type. So three of these girls have reversed their personality in some way. The fourth, Stacy, has heightened her personality. She was already this monster that, like, New York has already kind of infected her in this way. I kind she of already disagree this, with like, you, man. You don't think so? I think she has also reversed her personality. In what way? Describe Stacy in two adjectives. New Yorker. Uh-huh. Diabetic. Yeah. How many times has she mentioned her diabetes this book? Basically not at None. all. None. And what was her opinion of New York in this book? She's, like, over it. Embarrassed. Over it. Totally out of place. Yeah. Uncomfortable in her own city. Yeah. Uncomfortable in this identity, which is a key defining identity yeah. for her. I think Stacy is a victim of the thing that has plagued every yeah. babysitter in this book. Yeah. Which is this reversal of fortune, except for one babysitter. Right. Who... Who? We have discussed over and over and over again for the last yeah. five books, four, yeah. five So books? I have this now as a running segment in my notes called The Infinite Sadness of Claudia. Yep. And here's what I wrote down, which just shows that you and I were kind of on the same page with this. We both caught this. Claudia is the only one who remains relatively unchanged. That is because she brings everything she is with her in her suitcase. Yeah. Claudia shows up at Grand Central Station with a suitcase that is like five times the size of everyone else. Right. But she brought a trunk with her. She brought a massive trunk. A trunk so heavy that yeah. she cannot even carry it on her own. Yeah. And this trunk is just full of clothes, man. Because whatever New York is doing to these young women, it doesn't do to Claudia. She is already this empty shell. And I like I don't know if this is huh. how you weird, read it. Weird way of saying that. Yeah. She's an empty shell. She's an empty like shell. Like a porcelain uh, doll. Oh, 
Yep, a little bit like a porcelain doll, where it's like you can project your shit onto that. You can give it a name. You can put clothes on it. You can give it a, your own personality. You can shape it in the way that you want. But if you want to see what its real motivations are, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. When all of the babysitters... anger. The babysitters go to New York, and New York changes them. There's no question about this. Stacy's mistake. Even Stacy, who has lived there for months at this point. Yeah, but Claudia doesn't change. Claudia can't change. She can't change. She's so sad. She's so, so, so sad. Like, when Tanner described this novel in only six seconds, Baby Nation, part of that was Tanner's incredible talent. Thank you. As somebody who just kind of cuts to the heart of things. Yes, yes, thank you. That was part of it. Yeah. Part of it, I'm going to be honest, is that there's not a lot that happens in this book. The girls go to New York. That's the thing. But the real tension in this novel is between Stacy and... And her two best friends. Yes, thank you. Claudia and... No, I'm not complimenting you anymore. You stop paying attention. You fucking stop paying attention to me. <laughs> yes, thank you. You stop paying attention to me. You're watching my cat chewing on a fucking toy that you gave him. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I kept on talking to cover for you. Then you, like, emerge because my cat stopped being interesting. Uh, thank you. And yes. You're, <laughs> yes, thank you. And you're just continuing to thank me for a compliment that actually, if you paid any attention, was kind of a little bit of a backhanded insult. Let's be honest. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Go the ahead. The central tension of this novel yeah. is that Stacy doesn't know how to fucking handle her new friends. No, disagree. The central tension disagree. in this novel. The central tension in this novel is that Claudia has fully transformed into a agent of the occult, and she is now fully a doll person, and she is constantly subverting the actions and emotions of her friends and guiding the familiar emotional tendencies of these babysitters who we now know and love after 18 books and turning them into perverted abominations of their former selves. Discuss. Wow. For the baby nation who didn't, for some reason... Your wife's home. Here comes my wife. Here comes my wife. Here comes my wife. Boop, booty. Claudia. Claudia. Is. Is. In. A doll. Agent. She's a doll. Of. Change. Chaos. Here's what I don't like about the Warhammer 40k mythology. Okay. Chaos. Mm -hmm. And the agents of chaos. Hello. Hello. Bad news. We lost the episode. You lost it? Yeah, so we started again because we're badasses. You want to know why? Because Stacy may have made a mistake, but Tanner and Jack, we keep pushing forward. We don't make mistakes. We don't make mistakes. It's really impressive. We make successes. Do you want to say hello to the Baby Nation? Sarah, I'm sorry I'm still here. Hi. Say, baby nation. Say, hi. They prefer hi, hi. Hi, hi. Oh, that was good. Okay. Okay. I'm making a point here. 40K, Warhammer 40K. No, 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 we're not talking about the War. agents of chaos no, no, no. are not actually agents of chaos because chaos s- implies that yeah. there is some sort of no. randomness. Everybody but they're this. not random. They're just evil, yeah. and that doesn't make any sense. They should everybody knows encompass this. both evil and good, yeah. and it should be totally random and no, chaotic. It. And it's not. It's yeah. just evil, and it's just I get it. Goat heads and hey, buddy, Satan and demons. You and, know what? 
you've made I we get it. Everybody yeah. knows that. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows that. Yeah. We're telling them things they already know. Right. They're all here's my all point. obviously here's to my, all the Warhammer forty K mythology that podcast. has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It has nothing to do with the Sitterverse. It has nothing to do with Anna Martin. I think the Sitterverse nothing and the Warhammer forty K verse have a lot of overlap. Here's what we should do, and then I really do want to get back to my point. We should try to figure out whether there is a Warhammer 40K podcast, which I'm sure there is. Yeah. And we can do a little cross-promotion. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, like, well, I'll shoot them an email. I'll shoot those dudes an email, whoever it is. I'm, I'm, hey, I don't we mentioned be, you this week. I don't want to be sexist, because <laughs> yeah. maybe it's too late. Mention those ladies. We'll mention those ladies or those dudes. I'm going to shoot them a quick email and be like, hey, guys, like... uh as you've probably already surmised, the Sitterverse and the Warhammer 40K-verse must lot of presumably overlap. exist in the same parallel universe. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to do a little cross-promo? Maybe we can release it on our feed separately. Baby Nation, look out for that next week. Please don't. The You're point- not going to like a Warhammer 40K podcast. I, I certainly you. wouldn't. I only barely know <laughs> what it is. Here's the thing. Tanner's making some pretty broad sweeping points about Claudia. Here's the first thing that fucking happens when Stacy throws a party for the babysitters on the first night that they are in New York. Yeah. And she's super excited to introduce them to her best friend, Lane. Lane. Lane Cummings. Yep. Here's how that goes down. Lane says, oh, I've heard so much about you guys. Yeah. She's told us about you too, replied Claudia, and added, you're the one she had the big fight with after she found out she was diabetic, right? Yep, that was true. Lane and I had had a big fight. But what was Claudia doing? I looked at her aghast. And you're the one she had the fight with when your little club almost broke up, Lane countered. Good. Everything goes downhill from there. Who instigated that? Claudia. Yes. Like, later on, can I read you a passage, which I'm not actually going to read because I didn't capture it? Okay. Um, I'll paraphrase. Okay. Christy... Falls in love with a boy named Kobe. They're dancing. It's great. And then a slow song comes on, and Christy gets all sweaty-palmed and was like, uh, okay, I'm going to dance with this boy. Slow dance. Here here it comes. And then what happens? Tap on the shoulder. This beautiful, clear-complexioned... Japanese-American. Japanese living doll of a person mm-hmm. interjects and says, may I have this dance? And Christy... Gets angry. Yeah. Understandably. Understandably. This is yeah. the first boy she's ever danced with outside of Alan Gray. Right. So that's two for two. Yeah. Claudia. Trying to subvert this whole fucking operation. Upsetting everyone. Yeah. I think that's a good segue into a little segment that we like to do here. Oh, no. I actually did weirdly capture it. I mean, I feel like you did a good job. And I was just in the process of segueing us. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you love more than to derail a segue what was i segueing us into he said artfully saving the segue well he answered himself because tanner's just looking at his fucking phone i was segueing us into a little segment we like you say segue oh my god for the love of god i was just about to fucking say it that is called burn of the week burn of the week <laughs> Listen, I want to start with one from Claudia just because we've been talking about what a monster Claudia is in this book. And it's at the same party, and Stacy's best friend, who's not Claudia Lane, yep. is talking about how she has a bunch of famous people who live in her building. John Lennon, Yoko Ono. Yeah. 
Rosemary's baby. Yep, weirdly. Lord, Claudia mumbled. Then she spoke up. Guess who lives in Stony Brook, Connecticut, Lane? She said. Who? asked Lane. Herbert von Knuffelmacher. Uh, I, uh... Don't think I know who that is, said Lane. Exactly, replied Claudia. Nobody does. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, that's like, just because I do my due diligence. I looked up Herbert von Knuffelbacher. There is no such person. No, not a person. I looked it up, and the first hit that you get is Babysitter's Club. Yeah. That's not a person. Nope. So She's just... I guess the point she was making is celebrity is this... Construct. Construct. Yeah. And nothing really matters. Yeah. And we're all going to die someday. Yeah. Why don't you tell me your burn of the week, my man? I have two. Okay. Something happens in this book that we have yet to describe, Mm -hmm. which is that the five girls were invited to New York City to babysit 14 kids. Yeah. That's actually pretty important plot point in this book that we've yet to cover but the reason the five girls are there in new york city is to babysit 14 kids it's just like christie's big day everyone again it's like christie's big day all over again there's a lot of intertextuality between these two books 14 kids we've never met any of them before they all live in their stacy's building they all live in stacy's building and upper west side everyone who lives in stacy's building is busy on one day because they're having a meeting to try to solve the problem of homelessness in new york right not picking this up this is a plot point in this novel yeah so stacy's like what am i gonna do i can't babysit all these kids at once i'm gonna invite all my babysitter friends to come and have what she thinks is gonna be a good weekend what ends up being kind of a shitty fucking weekend one of the babies Mm -hmm. who lives in the 20th floor Penthouse apartment. Penthouse apartment is this frail, broken child named Leslie who mm-hmm. has tons of allergies. She's gluten intolerant. She cannot run. She's not allowed to touch dogs. Mm-hmm. Leslie is a bit of a Christie, mm-hmm. as described in the book. She's kind of an instigator, kind of a bossy pants. Yep. What happens is they take the kids to Central Park mm-hmm. to, to go to the zoo go to the American Museum of Natural History. They visit the um, carousel at one point. Mm-hmm. Near the carousel is a number of chess tables set up and some chess hustlers at those tables uh, working hard, trying to hustle people out of their hard-earned money mm-hmm. with some chess skills. Jack, you're a chess player. I am. I do like to play chess. Moving on. Um, That's it? You didn't want to talk about it? Leslie shrieks at Sissy... A girl from the eighth floor mm-hmm. in Stacy's apartment. Mm-hmm. Cut it out. Stop that, sissy. Stop that. You are an old toad. <laughs> That's your burn. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> She's an old toad. You are an old toad. <laughs> I think that's a really good burn, man. Like, imagine if someone. I want you. I like. I feel like I always need to win you over on my burns, but yeah. like, imagine if we were negotiating. We right, were, it sounds like a role play, man. We were going. It sounds okay. like a role okay. play. <clears throat> All right, I'm set the scene for me. I, well, you, and I are business professionals. Okay, <laughs> thank God, because that's the, honestly in a role play. That's the only place I'm comfortable. You and I are two men in their thirties mm-hmm. who are leaders of the industry. Great. Can I be vice president of? Goliath Industries, Mark Markson. Yep. Great. 
Great. Great. Thank you. Yes. Good. Okay. Good. And I am a newcomer on the scene. Mm-hmm. A new employee at Goliath Industries. Yeah. My name is Samson Throb <laughs> Torso. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. My name is Samson Throb Torso. Great. And I'm just trying to make a name for myself around this company. <laughs> and I'm just trying to get to know the movers and shakers of this company. Mm-hmm. And I decide that you, Mark Markson, mm-hmm. that's who you are. Yeah, look like someone who knows what he's doing. Great. So I invite you to lunch. Great. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, this is this is all happening over the um, messaging app for Teams Slack. Uh, hey, Mark, it's me, Samson Throb Torso. Yes, Samson. I'm I'm aware of that. Slack actually uh, puts your name. Before what you say. So anyway, just wondering if you wanted to go grab a bite to eat today. I'd love to pick your brains. You seem like a real important person at this company. You seem like you really know what you're doing. Just would love to get some of your insights. Yeah, well, I've been here for a long time. I'm a vice president, uh, VP. I I came over from Cinertech. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I'm actually pretty busy. I'm not sure if I can have a lot of time to get lunch. Oh, okay. Um, no problem, no problem. Totally understandable. What love to. I would love to grab some time to get some. Listen, but if you want to, if you want to do something during this Slack conversation, I can try to impart some of my knowledge. No, no, no. It. Totally fine. I'll move on. I'll, like I'll go. Some. I'll go grab someone else. Um, Please. just just wanted to grab some lunch. All right, but you seem really busy. So, Samson, we can get some lunch if you want, and I'll walk you through my. No, I don't want you to like cancel any meetings for me or anything. I actually don't have a lot to do at the moment. Uh, we're going through a lull uh, oh. in business, so I would appreciate having a quick lunch. Should I be worried? I just accepted this <laughs> role here at the company. Are you saying the company is not Listen, it's doing a, well? It's a growth industry. I we recently acquired. Doesn't sound like it's a growth industry. We recently acquired a company that is these girls who only babysit in the afternoons. Yeah, Cinertech. I've heard of it. And. <laughs> it's a, it's actually Kids Incorporated. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Cinertech is our chief rival. Yeah, uh, it's these two girls uh, who they're, they're dynamic. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. Uh, but they can only babysit in the afternoons, and you get two for the price of one. So we have to have both the president and co-founder of this company when they need to babysit Mallory and Jesse. They both have to go out. So that's a huge drain on resources. Seems like you're not really about this strategy. It's not my favorite, honestly. Mark, Goliath. Can I can I tell can I, can I say something? Yeah, please. You seem like a real old tell. <laughs> oh fuck you. You were a you were a, you were an old tell. <laughs> Get with that. Man, it's twenty sixteen now. Wow. This is just the way business is done. You're a real auto. You know what? I tell you what. I don't have time for lunch. Well, you know what? Sorry, I'm busy. Oh, oh I just looked at my calendar. I've actually got some other stuff happening at lunch today. Um, can I say? Can I say something to you? Yeah. You're a jerk, Samson. Uh huh. Don't you want to say, excuse me? Uh, okay. Uh, excuse me. I said you're a jerk, Samson. Uh huh. Don't you want to say? I heard you the first time. Yeah, no, I I did hear you the first time. Oh, it's just that you said excuse me, which usually means you haven't heard properly. Yeah, but you you sort of directed me to say excuse me. 
Well, is that your burn of the week? That's my second burn of the week, <laughs> which is an interaction between Claudia and Christy when Claudia just fucking loses the plot. My and Christy gets her fucking good. My interaction was between Leslie, the frail girl in the penthouse, and Sissy, the tough-as-nails girl mm-hmm. from the eighth floor. She says, stop that, you are an old toad. Which I yeah. thought was pretty good. Oh my god, it's 10.30 try, try p.m. To, try to calm yourself. Calm yourself. I have good news for you. Good news and bad news. The good news is that we're we've, we're coming to the end. One a.m. We've done it. We recorded a full episode. My wife texted me a half an hour ago and said I'm going to bed. We recorded a full episode and then we lost it. Yeah. And then we fucking like badasses. Unlike we're not Stacys. Like phoenixes. Like phoenixes rising from the ashes. We rose from the ashes and we recorded a second episode. That's the good news. The bad news is we got to do a whirlwind tour of. Every fucking thing that I want to talk about in the next five minutes before we sign off. No, we're done. So, we're going to start with... Uh, Let's see if I can get the whole microphone in my mouth. No, 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 no. Uh, You're making it worse. You're making it worse for yourself. 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 Nope. You're making it worse for yourself. Let me read you this quote. My friends live in Connecticut, and the worst insect they've ever seen. My friends live pretty far. Good. My friends live in Connecticut, and the worst insect they've ever seen is a bee. Uh-huh. Did you read that quote uh-huh. in this book? Uh-huh. It didn't jump out at you. No. Nope. It didn't jump out at you that these fucking girls are talking about how the only insects that they're familiar with are bees. In Connecticut, Mm-mm. that's nothing. There's nothing that's popping into your head there. Nothing. Does it have to do with dolphinry? <laughs> no. Nah. No. Okay. All right. They know. Well, they they know of bees. They know of bees. They know about bees. All right. Well, okay. I'm gonna move on then. It's weird that the girls. No, that's fine. These, that's fine. These four girls. They who say are, are living fucking bees. Yep. Have only ever heard of bees before, That's the Jack only insect Shepherd. That they know? That's the only insect. The that only aware insect of? they know is bees. Of course, it's bees, Jack. Bees. It was right there in the text all along. Yes. So, I got you there. Yep. You were with me. Did you capture that? I didn't, but I'm right there with you. This is yeah the second epistolary novel in the Babysitters Club series. I'm listening. The first. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're. So excited. The first epistolary novel in the Babysitter's Club series is Boy Crazy Stacy, the most recent Stacy POV. Uh-huh. So it's interesting that the Stacy novels are epistolary novels. Real quick, describe to Baby Nation, because obviously I know, but Baby Nation might not what epistolary means. Okay, well, for Baby Nation, I'm, I, since you obviously know. and Obviously I'm, I know, but maybe most of Baby Nation doesn't. I'm sure Baby Nation also knows, but an epistolary novel is a novel that is written primarily in the form of letters uh-huh. that like are Dracula. written. Like Dracula. Yeah. Exactly. As we know, as we discussed last time. As we have previously discussed. And an epistolary novel normally is concerned with 
reinforcing moral values, particularly around relationships. And I think that's particularly true of Boy Crazy Stacy, which is the first real epistolary novel where they're just they're at Sea City, New Jersey, and they're writing letters back home. Yep. And the relationships are being subverted because Stacy is boy crazy and she's committing these moral sins by having inappropriate relationships, but eventually normalcy is restored and that sort of fits with the tropes of the epistolary novel. Mm-hmm. In this epistolary novel, mm-hmm. Everything is topsy-turvy. What happens is their relationships are subverted. Like, they're everything that they... Stick with me, my man. We've got... Fucking stay awake. Stay awake and listen to me. Stay awake. Again, I will remind you and our listeners that... I'm here, I'm here. The boredom that you were showing is something that only I can see. And the baby nation are going to have to just intuit. Episcolary. This is a parody of an epistolary novel. Okay. Everything's wrong. Like, the moral order is not restored in any particular way. These girls have these terrible fights. They don't particularly make up. The people who are committing the worst sins don't have to atone for them in any particular way. And the way that you can see this is if you look at who the letters are addressed to. Uh, I fell asleep. Don writes, Very to, briefly fell asleep. Don writes a fucking letter to Mallory. Oh, yeah. And and Jesse. And Jesse. What the fuck? She yeah. writes a letter. Like, what? She's writing a postcard. She's just fucking met these girls. She like, she's know these people. She's away for a weekend in New York. She writes a postcard to Mallory and she writes a second postcard to Jesse. That's like, the postcard to Jesse is ridiculous. She's like, hey, Jesse, I don't even know I'm writing to you. I'm on the train yeah. on my way home. But, like, what's up? Hey. That's fucking insane. Christy writes a letter to Shannon Kilborn. Yeah, her former. Rival, <laughs> arch like, nemesis, snob. Yeah, the best one of all. Marianne writes a letter to Mister Spear and Tigger. Yeah, her cat. And he can't read. It's a cat. The fucking cat can't read. You know what that cat can do? Never age. He can take the phone off the hook. Yep. Do you catch that? Yep. At some point, they're like, "Oh, let's call Mister Spear," and Marianne's like, "Oh, well." The phone's going to be off the hook. And then Stacy is like, oh, is that because your dad is talking to some hot... Yeah, smooching some, some new... I don't know whether he's talking about Miss Schaefer, Don's mom. Yeah. Or just like Mr. Spear is like a man about town. And Marianne is like, oh, no, it's because the cat just takes the phone off the hook all the time. Just knocks it off, yeah. I think the cat's calling for help. Okay. What does what the cat have to worry about? Well, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Hmm. The girls... Don't age, mm-hmm. but the animals do. The animals suffer. The animals take on all of the fucking badness and ill will and unfortunate events that would have happened to these women if they were growing older. Are you implying that the animals take on an accelerated aging process akin to the accelerated aging process and evolutionary process of the uh, apes in the Planet of the Apes series and that Tigger is somehow hyper-evolving and has become human-level sentience mm-hmm. and is now attempting to call some force outside of Stony Brook mm-hmm. or maybe some force inside of Stony Brook yep. French Woodchuckers to stop this malevolent force. Yeah. I thought that was obvious. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Can uh, we... Please, Jack. Yeah. Wrap. Wrap this up. We lost an episode, Baby Nation. 
and we found an episode. And in the process of finding that episode, we found each other, and we found ourselves, and we found our voice. Today, Stacy's mistake is our triumph. Stacy's error is our success. Stacy's failure is it our triumph. No, you fucked it up because I already said triumph. Yes, I did. I already said triumph. And now my rhetoric that you know what that was going to be? It was going to be an ascending tricola, which is a rhetorical technique. Just do it again. No, I'm not going to do it again. Do it again. No, I'm not going to do it again. And Stacy's failure is our success. No, I already said success. Stacy's failure is our is our proudest brilliant is our proudest brilliant moment moment of <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> you were waiting for me to just say perseverance. I was waiting for you to say something other than perseverance. And Stacy's failure failure is our proudest proudest moment moment of. Perseverance. Perseverance. <laughs> Baby Nation, thank you for sticking with us today. We've had a hard day. It's been a long night. We recorded two episodes about this book, which I liked, but is frankly fairly thin on content. Barely warranted one episode. <laughs> <laughs> the next book that we are reading is called Claudia and the Bad Joke. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think boys had just been invented. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a call. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Weird. Maybe radio DJs. Yeah, maybe, we could. Maybe that's the next step for us. Coming up next... Two for Tuesday, Black Sabbath, we got, um, fuck, I couldn't even think of one Black Sabbath song. You picked a bad one. Coming up next, we've got a two for Tuesday, Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes. And then, followed by Cornflake Girl. This is one for all you Cornflake Girls out there. (laughs) I knew you would. I knew you would be able to get Tori Amos. <laughs> I could do. I could do four for Friday with Tori Amos. Ooh, is that a thing? Yeah. Coming up next, four for that. Friday. Tori Amos. No got... weasel voice. Oh, sorry. Coming up next, uh, four for Friday. It's Tori Amos with Cornflake Girls, Strange Little Girls. Um, Silent all these years. Coming up next on four for Friday with Tori Amos. This is uh, Jackie and a Weasel. KQRS ninety two point five. <laughs> Yeah.